Good morning, church family. We now prepare for the observance of the Lord's Supper with the reading of this scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 5 through 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. And then I said, Here I am, it is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ for all. We are blessed by this reading, for these are the words of the Lord. As we set aside this time to prepare ourselves for the observance of the Lord's Supper, to focus our attention throughout this service on Christ's sacrifice, on the breaking of his body, the pouring out of his blood, it's a very special time. It's a sacred time. It's a serious time. It is a time for us to be grateful. Willingly, he came. As you have heard the choir, as you have read the scripture, now I'm asking if you would take the opportunity to spend a few moments in silent prayer, and then I'll lead our congregational prayer, just preparing ourselves to hear from God preparing ourselves to observe the bread and the juice, the symbolic understanding of what Christ has done, so that when we leave this place today, we will not be the same. Please, if you would, bow together. Prepare yourself. Glory and majesty. There is no one that deserves that title, those accolades, more than you, dear God. And we come this morning with fullness of heart, in humility, with an understanding that 
what you have provided for each of us, we could not do ourselves. You've given us forgiveness. You've offered us grace. You've shared unconditional love. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And I pray that in this service, Father, as we have prepared ourselves, that we'll hear what the writer of Hebrews says. We'll reflect upon the sacrifices of the Old Testament. And most importantly, the sacrifice of your son Jesus and what he did for us. So that when we take the bread and we take the juice, that Father, we will remember. And it will challenge us. It will inspire us. It will encourage us to be all that you desire us to be. So Father, take us by the hand through this morning and this journey to experience you and Christ's sacrifice. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. When I think of sacrifice, I think of the ability to set aside your own need because you see a greater need that needs the priority. I think of our caregivers in our congregation. Because of the circumstances of life and the challenges that we cannot foretell. Caregivers, they set aside what their priorities were to care for their loved one. Sacrifice. I think about the time I had to go on disability, which I've spoken of many times about with my kidney. And I think about having to go on disability and there is quite a challenge there financially. And I think about my wife who began to work 60 to 80 hours a week just so we could survive. I believe that you can think in your own lives about how you have sacrificed or a loved one has sacrificed for you because the need was greater. The biblical idea of sacrifice, it concerns the way how in regards to our approach to God finding acceptance before him by a means that is an acceptable substitute offered in our place for our sins and bearing the curse of our sin. 
The idea and the practice of sacrifice is prominent throughout the scriptures. And there's at least even a hint of it in Genesis. And it continues on. On the cross, Jesus offered himself in our place. He bore our sin. He took on our deserved judgment. And therefore, he satisfied God's demands on our lives against us. And those were just demands. He frees us from our sin. He reconciles us to God. All that the Old Testament sacrifices symbolized focused upon the Lord Jesus coming, accomplishing his saving work. On the one hand, then we may speak of the Old Testament sacrifices as prospective or anticipating or symbolizing the saving work that Christ would actually do, accomplish in his death. To say it another way, the writer of Hebrews specifies that the Old Testament sacrifices were in fact copies of the true sacrifice, the sacrifice that Christ offered. That means that Jesus' sacrifice was the original, the reality. Ultimately, his sacrifice was not patterned after the Old Testament sacrifices. Rather, they were patterned after his coming sacrifice, the true sacrifice, which they were just a distant shadow. So the writer of Hebrews highlights several ways how the sacrifice of Christ superseded the sacrifices of the Old Testament. And this morning, as we prepare to observe the Lord's Supper, I just want to touch on four areas that the writer of Hebrews addresses. First, he tells us that Christ's sacrifice was offered only once. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, and then also in verses 10 through 12, he says, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away the sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. The old Testament sacrifices had to be repeated over and over, year by year, again and again. You can just imagine how the engaged worshiper might have felt that every year we have to go through this. And it might even have caused some doubts as to their true value with little reason to assume that even repeating those offerings and those animals could satisfy God or even remove human guilt. Therefore, the question, 
are they of value at all? In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 2 through 4, listen to the writer. Otherwise, would they have not stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of their sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Now, from our perspective, we say, well, they were looking forward to the Messiah. And yes, the scripture is clear that the messianic prophecies were in place. But you know how worshipers are. We come and trying to put our minds and our hearts in their places for the annual sacrifices, it's, it's just a constant reminder every year of, of how, how I have sinned and how I've fallen short. And I'm looking for that salvation. I'm looking for that anticipation, looking for that Messiah to come. And then we come to this understanding, the triumphant announcement of the gospel is that the sacrifice of Christ, it had that kind of special value. It needed to be offered only once, not year after year. Christ's saving work finished the work. John 19.30 says that when he had received the drink, he, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. No more need for yearly sacrifices. They had their place. That's what God commanded, to try to remind the people, this, this is what we're looking for. Before we were ever created, God had in place that avenue of salvation through Christ alone. And to remind the people, year after year, he would always say, look, the Messiah is coming, the hope is coming, and those who believed in the Messiah coming, they were near to God. So Christ's sacrifice was offered only once. And you only have to receive him into your life, into your heart, only once. We also find that Christ's sacrifice effected forgiveness. You see, sin was a problem that was addressed in the sacrifice. It demanded removal. It had to be eradicated. The repetition of the Old Testament sacrifices tested to the, um, testified to the inability to deal with sin in its finality. They were inadequate, those sacrifices. You couldn't just take it one year and skip the next. And so we find that the sacrifice was not sufficient. It didn't have the value just from one year to the next. But the scripture says that the Lord offered himself and he was effectively the sacrifice of supreme value. He was able to remove sin completely. 
So that when he paid for your sin, he paid for your past, your present, and your future sin. He took it all. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12 says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. And then move down to verse 26. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once and for all, all the culmination of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. So again, we see that the Old Testament sacrifices were only the anticipation of the sacrifice of Christ and what he accomplished. And therefore, it was able to cleanse our consciousness, to cleanse the guilt of our sin. Verse 14 said, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? Christ's sacrifice, once and for all, brought the, the understanding, the effect of the forgiveness of sin. That we don't have to be bogged down by that. We don't have to be worried about that because he has forgiven it. As we strive to continue, as the scripture says, to live for the living God. Third, the writer says that Christ's sacrifice was accepted in heaven, which is the true temple. It was accepted by God himself, who, who had to approve that sacrifice, who had to approve any sacrifice. It's the creator God. And so for us, we want to make sure that whoever we tie our wagon to <laughs> is the right one. You remember John the Baptist? John was in prison. Soon, he was going to be beheaded. But he asked his disciples to go and to, to seek Christ and to say, I just want to double check and make sure you are the one. We want to make sure in our lives that our personal relationship with Jesus Christ is real and certain. That he is the one and not the idea of him. But that he, a personal relationship with him, he is the one. You see, in the true temple, God takes the sacrifice of Christ and he allows forgiveness and our salvation is secured in fact the revelation talks about our names being written in the Lamb's book of life that is security I've talked with people over the years and you probably have too that when you ask them do you know for certain if you're going to heaven when you die when you take your last breath and some of those folks will say, well, I hope so. That's not real assurance to me. 
Yeah, maybe their theology's just not great, okay? Maybe they just don't, haven't been discipled enough. But the scripture's really clear that if we have a personal relationship with Christ, our salvation is secured. It's nailed down. We don't have to worry about it. It means that we have to live a life that is set apart for him. It means that, that he has transformed our life. His spirit lives inside of us. Therefore, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. We know we are believers in him. And that is secured. Because we have been accepted into the two temple by the creator God himself. And there can be nothing finer. In verse 24 of chapter 9 of Hebrews, he said, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. He's the one that I want to make the appeal for me because of what he has done. Last, the scripture it tells us that Christ's sacrifice gained access to God. The Old Testament sacrificial system was designed to demonstrate that the way to God is not just open to just anyone on any terms. It's not just hanging out there says, well, when the time comes, I'll just choose to accept it. Specifically, it is only through Christ and his sacrifice alone. You see, there's got to be a qualified priest, an acceptable sacrifice offered in, in an acceptable way. And only the high priests, the Old Testament sacrifices, had access to the Holy of Holies. And that time was only once a year. And it was by a prescribed ceremony. It was a very structured process. In fact, they would tie a rope around the high priest when he would go into the Holy of Holies because if he had a heart attack or there was some judgment that came upon him, nobody was going to go into the Holy of Holies. That was not allowed by God, only the high priest. That's the only way they could pull him out. It is a fearful thing to approach the holy God. Even Isaiah said, whoa, <laughs> I am a sinful man. And I speak with sinful lips. And I would think that just about anybody, anybody that could approach God in a way, Isaiah would be that one. But when we compare ourselves to the Almighty God, to the Creator God, it is a fearful thing. It is also an awe understanding. Because when we have a relationship with Him, the dynamics change and now we are His child. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we become His children. The sacrifice of Christ it shows us that now the way is open, and it's open for all who come to him because of his sacrificial work. And we will be accepted 
Matthew 27, 51 says, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks split. That was at the point of his death. There no longer needs to be that priest that you go to. It's no longer the chief priest that goes into the Holy of Holies. The high priest of all creation has gone and taken care of the sacrifice. The curtain, which some say were two to three inches thick, were not torn by men, but by God from top to bottom. Going into the Holy of Holies. We embrace the priesthood of the believer. The ability to go directly to God. That's what Christ has done for us. We don't have to be fearful. We can have that calm assurance that Christ's sacrifice took care of that once and for all. It effected forgiveness to eliminate our sin completely. We have been accepted by the Almighty God in the true temple. And that we have gained access to God. And we can speak to Him. Anytime, any day, we can be in His presence. And He has allowed His Spirit now to live within us. As we prepare to observe the Lord's Supper, we come to a place of assurance. And this is a very special time. It's a time for us to come face to face with Him. For every single person who's here to reflect upon that time in your life when you opened your heart to Christ, when you realized what his sacrifice did for, for you and his resurrection, and to allow him to continue to use you. For those here today, you may not have that type of relationship. You may have grown up in church, you may have gone through so many different types of services and studies. But as we get into the season of our life, we come to say, gosh, now I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen when I die. This is a day that you can put an exclamation point on there. Because as you take the Lord's Supper, what a wonderful time to acknowledge and to firmly say, Lord, I believe. The jet noises bring us to reality, doesn't it? We live in a chaotic world.
and a world that is not sustainable. And it's not a place of peace. But the place that you will find peace is in Christ alone. And his sacrifice for you has allowed that and provided that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to stand for just a moment. Sing this song in preparation of our observing the bread and the juice to remember what Christ's sacrifice has done. if you will to take the bread the broken body of Christ and how that broken body helped to provide the way for us to have access to the creator God Heavenly Father, in the quiet of this moment, we want to thank you for the gift of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to earth, sacrificed 
himself on the cross for all of our sins. Lord, now in this, in this time together, we pause in remembrance of what you have done for us and continue to do for us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. In your holy name we ask it. Amen.
Jesus said, take eat, this is my body. As we sing this next song, focused upon the blood, the broken body, the blood of Christ at the memorial table. Sing with reverence, but sing with triumph of what he has done. That we we realize what a great transaction that was. Many, many, many years ago, your sacrifice 
you shed your life blood. There's life in the blood. We, Lord, have blood, blood banks all over this world. People go in and sacrifice, give their blood to save lives. But Father, that blood don't, <laughs> don't last long. They put chemical preservative in it to preserve it. But Jesus Christ came along, Lord, with <laughs> perfect blood. When you get that transfusion of his blood, oh, you have life through all eternity. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Christ. That blood, Father, would last forever and ever. It would never, never lose its power. It's always there to save. So, Father, we pray that anyone here having received that blood of Christ, may this be the day of salvation. We thank you, Father, that we can partake of this and be reminded of what our Lord and Savior did for us. He is a high priest that don't have to go in and out. He did it once and for all. And we said, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving a wretch like me. In Jesus' name.
Jesus said, drink you all of it, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you the truth. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The memorial table. A remembrance. A remembrance of what Christ sacrificed. A challenge of what we should do. It's also a celebration. The culmination of God's redemption. And so as we sing this next song, please sing it from the heart as a song of joy. Sing it. focus of what Christ's sacrifice has done for each of us. And we've 
moved into the month of November. I have friends that encourage people to every day think about someone that they're thankful for, something they're grateful for. And I, I would propose to you today, there should be so much gratefulness in our hearts for what Christ has done. We know it in our heads, we know it in our hearts, the true gratefulness. One of the most beautiful pictures of gratefulness comes out of Luke 17. It's the ten lepers. They cry out to Jesus when he enters their small village, the border between Galilee and Samaria. They're all lepers. They're excluded. They're the very least ostracized. But they cry out to him. And you know what Jesus said? He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. He didn't heal them right on the spot. All ten had faith because all ten turned to go and they were healed. The scripture goes on to say that as they were heading back, one turned back. One came and to the feet of Jesus, put his arms around the feet of Jesus. The Bible says he was a Samaritan. Jesus weren't there ten healed, where are the other nine? They had faith that the master could heal them. But where was the gratefulness? Jesus commented to this one, go, your faith has made you well. The others, they were cleansed of their leprosy. This one was healed spiritually. Gratefulness. In our invitation this morning, I just reach out to you. And if you've not given your life to Christ, this would be the time. If you've been touched or spoken to by God in some area of your life or something to do with our memorial table today of the Lord's Supper, then where you're seated or where you'll be standing or making a public decoration. But today, ask God to help you in those areas of life, to rededicate yourself to Him in service. God calls you to come and be a part of this congregation, you come. But I just ask you, above everything else, take the time to truly be grateful for what Christ has done. Stand if you would and let's sing this invitation. I
Would you be pleased to be seated? There's an insert in your bulletin I want to speak directly to, and then Miss Nancy has a few other things. On the back of the insert, longwise, it, uh, it is something that we can do to engage into our community. And we're joining hands with other churches in Sun City West uh, to what we call a joint Thanksgiving ministry project. There's a number of our churches. So that says you need to pay attention to this announcement. <laughs> Um, you see in that, uh, in that uh, our team will take care of that so don't worry about it you will see a number of things that uh, the Valley View uh, Community food, food Bank is trying to do and we give consistently monthly to the St. Mary's Food Bank Valley View comes into Sun City West one day a week they feed between three and four hundred of our Sun City residents or families every single week. That's who comes to get what they need. As we know, economic times are difficult, and uh, that was a surprise to me. Thanksgiving through Christmas is going to be a difficult time. They say... Um, that last year they fed about 7,000 people right around Thanksgiving and they anticipate that it will be around 14,000 this year. So it's a project that the ministers who gather together once a quarter in Sun City West said, you know what, this is something we can join hands together to do. So on the 18th of this month, it's a Saturday from 8 until 12, uh, it says 9 on the, on the program, but we need to be here between 8 and 12. Um, we're just going to ask you and the community. We're advertising this as a, as a group, and uh, residents in Sun City West will be able to drop by and drop by frozen turkeys, uh, all of the, the goods that are here. If you could drop those by, uh, don't bring the frozen turkeys prior because we don't have a place to store them. Uh, but Valley View uh, at noon will bring their truck over, and, uh, and they'll take care of that. They've got a big warehouse. Uh, but if you can bring frozen turkeys, if you can bring all the fixings, we'll be able to help feed not only Sun City West, those in need during the holiday season, but also in the area around us. So if you would, please take the opportunity. It's something new for us. It's something compassionate that we can reach out into our community and help. And so if you can be a part of that, we would appreciate it. And if you can't go to the store and buy something, maybe you just want to give a donation. And you can write that out to Valley View uh, Food Bank. And, uh, and bring it that day as well. So if you'll hold on to that, be thankful, thinking of that. And uh, if you would like to volunteer that morning, uh, it would be great uh, to come and help us as we, uh, as we try to get all this food together and uh, welcome the folks coming into our parking lot who will be dropping it off from the community. We would certainly appreciate that. And don't forget that as you get ready to leave today, at all of our exits, we'll be taking a benevolent offering. We take that at our Lord's Supper time. You've been very generous with that. And I'd ask you to continue to be because the needs, the needs are great. On the front side of that insert, 
you will see a reminder about the Thanksgiving Missions Awareness Banquet, which will be Wednesday, November 15th at 5. This is your last Sunday to purchase a ticket, or if you did not come prepared today, we need you to stop by the office before noon on Thursday and purchase your ticket. We need to let the caterer know a confirmed count who will be coming for that this Thursday afternoon. So today you may purchase tickets in the small lobby after we're finished, and we look forward to your being here. Dr. Bruce Ford will be our guest speaker, and Susan Krause, daughter of Phil and Dorothy Swab, who has sung with us before, is going to be here as our guest soloist. Also in the small lobby, when we're finished today, there will be someone there for a sign up for the Oregon Stop Pizza Trip. You'll, you've seen that in our Upbeat and other uh, publications, but we need you to sign up and we, it's payable in advance, so we need your $20 today to reserve a spot on the bus going to Oregon Stock Pizza on Monday, December 11th. It's going to be a fun trip. Men, if you've not already signed up for the men's breakfast, which will be this Tuesday, we would like for you to do that before you leave because tomorrow morning they will go shopping for breakfast items and be prepared for you for this Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Dr. Glenn Saul will be the speaker for that this coming Tuesday. On the back of your bulletin, there's a number of other opportunities for you to be involved, and I hope that you will take advantage of those. As we stand, Bill Swinney is going to make his way forward to lead us in our closing prayer. Heavenly Father, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Guide us as we go our way. Help us to always look to you, for you are the answer to what we need. Thank you, Lord, for this time together as we, as we worshiped you with the Lord's Supper. Bless us and teach us your way. In your name we ask it. Amen. Please be seated. Totally my mistake. If you would just be seated for a couple of more minutes. We have a presentation from our deacons to our pastor. If you would just be seated for a couple of more minutes, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Pastor Kennedy, would you come forward? And Sister Debbie, would you come forward, please? I know this got you by surprise. Because <laughs> it should have been done last month. So that's on me, okay? But we want to take this time out to welcome you and thank you and your madam for all what you've done here. I have a, a little saying here that I want to read. It's not long. As a pastor, you serve as a pastor, 
advocate, teacher, and friend of the community. And I remember when you first came, how you went through the businesses, introducing yourself that you're the new pastor of uh, Sun City West. So, to me, you're making yourself free. Thank you for your consistent going above and beyond to accomplish these uh, responsibilities that you have. You have proven that God indeed called you and Debbie to do this work. From our church family, we say thank you. And Debbie, your presence is also a gift from God our pastor's wife. So we said thank you to both of you and the whole church. We said thank you. But before we go any further, go ahead, go ahead, please. We have our teachers to come up, please. We're going to have a prayer, and they're going to lay hands on you, okay? Okay. Shall we pray? Our Holy Father, God, we are so grateful for our pastor. We're so grateful for Debbie. Lord, we thank you for the uh, example that they are to each of us. Father, we pray that you will just bless them in a very special way. God, I pray that they would feel our prayers, Father, that we would be faithful in lifting them up every single day. God, I pray that we as a church family would be encouragers to them, that we would support them, that we would uplift them, Father, because they are the leader of our flock, and God, we're just so grateful for them. Lord, we thank you and praise you for uh, all the blessings that you give to us as a church. And God, I pray for each of us that we would strive to be the light that you would have us to be. And God, that Pastor and Debbie are leading us, Father, that we would be a light for this community. God, that we would lift our hearts to other people, God, and share with them your wonderful salvation, God, that we love you so much. Help us to be a lighthouse for this community. Thank you so much again for our pastor and for Debbie and for all that they do for us, God, for their commitment to you, their love for you. We praise you, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. One more prayer, please, for Brother Heavenly Father, we lift you up today, dear Lord. Lift Brother Kirby up to you, dear Lord. We thank you for his dedicated service to this church. We lift Debbie up to you, dear Lord, too. We pray that she continues to be the leader she is and shows that leadership each and every day. And we praise you for her. And dear Lord, just pray now in your holy and precious name. Amen. Church and the boy, we thank you for always serious what you do. Thank you. God bless. Thank you so much. Well, it's a joy. 
to be with you, and you guys just always are encouraging. And I'll tell you what, we could never accomplish everything that we do accomplish without uh, uh, Miss Nancy, without uh, Carol, uh, without Liz in our office, without Elizabeth that we don't have now, <laughs> without Ron, uh, without Brian, uh, without Scott. Uh, the list goes on, but our staff, they just give so much, and uh, it makes this ministry a joy, and you do as well. So we look forward to the future. Absolutely. Can they leave? Okay. <laughs>